Hi, today is March 1st, 2024, and my name is Junie, and welcome to the Theta Game Podcast. I'm not a financial advisor, and nothing I say is financial advice. I'm literally just a normal retail trader, just like you. I'm not certified or a graduate of finance, just a trader that started on Wall Street bets years ago. I lost a lot of money and made all of it back and more after finding a system that worked for me. I share my trades, system, and experiences all for free. You can view all my trades for free at thetagang.com slash junie. There's no ads, no sign up, nothing. You can email me any questions that I'll answer on the podcast at junie at datagang.com. Lastly, I stream on Twitch every weekday at least an hour at 9 a.m. Pacific time. Come hang out, ask me questions, vent, or just chill. It's a positive environment and everyone is welcome at twitch.tv slash real Thank you and I hope you enjoy today's episode. Howdy, how's everyone doing? Uh, I thought it'd be kind of a cool exercise to just be cognizant of where SPY is at right now. Uh, SPY year to date is up 8.52%, and that's quite a bit, um, especially for being an ETF. Um, lots of lots of market cap in it. It's supposed to grow pretty slowly. 8.5% is something that you would expect to have for a entire year but we already got that and it's only march so maybe you know this is just the beginning and maybe we see a historic like 30 percent year or maybe we see some leveling off cooling off as you know rsi levels or relative strength index levels the levels which might help you determine if something's overbought or oversold definitely do lean on the overbought side of things and we might see some of it cool off or we might not and that goes into a little bit of what today's episode is about but before we get into that i pushed up to the thetagain.com website some new changes you can now filter uh, people's trades for their open trades the trades that they currently have open for the year that you have selected Uh, and you can also filter for just the winning trades or just losing trades. I think this will help people scan profiles a bit faster and it just adds to the more cleanliness of being able to scan through people's profiles just a bit quicker. Um, So very excited, long time coming. There's so many obvious features that are not yet on the website that I need to do. Um, I have my radar set on being able to autofill names of people um, when you uh, say, for example, try to mention someone by tagging them with the at symbol and with their username in a comment or in notes of your trade. There's always just a whole bunch of features just half done in multiple branches that I'm working on because I might get stuck in one idea. I might be more motivated to work on another idea. Um, one of the ideas that's more further ahead than all the others right now is the concept of viewing a feed or a table of trades from users that you follow. Right now, the only way you really see trades is if you go to your own profile, you can view your own trades there. You can go to someone else's profile, view their trades, or you go to the Discover tab. The patrons have a special tab called The Lab where they get to see all of the other patrons' trades, so that's cool. 
uh, but I want to incorporate some version of being able to view trades only from the people that you follow or aka the people that you care about the most so that's coming um not sure exactly when that will be released but it shouldn't be too far away all right uh just giving sort of a, like a recap of some of the things that were notable to me during the trading week this week um just today friday the day of the recording um nvidia crossed 800 dollars. so we saw a few Glorious memes on Wall Street bets about those. Um, and then AMD crossed $200, which is also really crazy. Um, it's just, it's a, it's a whole lot. It feels very frothy, but we had a good discussion on stream today, sort of reflecting on you should continue to trade what works for you, you know, and we'll go a little bit into depth on that on today's topic, but more about just uh news or events this week the seems like tech is very strong you know um i'm seeing chips still going higher and higher um despite people maybe calling tops here and there um spy and qqq doing amazing um costco very stable i mean these are just stocks that of course i have a bias towards because these are the ones i look at the most so these are not by the any means the best performers on the market though they have relatively good performance so while the market is up my 5k account is not at all-time high um my 5k account took a pretty sizable hit i mean in relevance to everything else i haven't quite taken a loss in a while on the 5k account but i took a almost 200 dollars loss on a macy's cash secured put uh, and there's so many red flags about it i'll just talk about it a little bit right now um, I only received 19 bucks, uh, and it was a three-day cash secured put, and it was the day after earnings of Macy's, and it looked like the coast was pretty much clear. Like the, it had a good earnings report. Um, it said that uh, stores would be uh, be closed down. Maybe it helps margin. The stock was up, and I was feeling okay about it. So I was like, you know what, my Macy's wheel looks like it's about to be called away because um, I also had another uh, covered call that was red at the time of when I was considering or when I opened the cash secured put. So I was like, oh, you know what? I'll have two wheels going at the same time because it looks like my first batch of 100 will be called away. Um, but I sort of broke one of my own rules, and that's accounting for max loss. You know, I kind of forgot or I was very negligent of the fact that, you know, Macy's could reverse and... Uh, I could be stuck with 200 shares in the event that Macy's goes down. And Macy's did go down. Macy's went down about, you know, almost 20% uh, after earnings, after, you know, having a positive day uh, of when I opened the cash-secured put. So I ended up closing the cash-secured put for almost a $200 loss, which is like a minus 1,000% uh, number uh, that I saw in Robinhood, and that didn't feel great. Um, but I closed that for a loss, realized the loss on my total Macy's position, and uh, I chose to then um, open a few put credit spreads um, for NVIDIA, AMD, and ELF, you know, going back to what has worked for me before. Uh, and I closed all three of those for profit already this Friday uh, because the market, again, today, the market went up a lot. Anyone that opened cash-secured puts or put credit spreads this week really got some good returns very quickly, too. So you could readjust your strikes. You could do... Uh, readjust your expirations. You could do a lot of cool stuff with this lead that you have uh, from the market this week. 
And then just uh, just yesterday on Thursday, I opened up a Intel wheel, or rather an Intel buy right. I bought 100 shares of Intel, sold it at the money cover call, and uh, that's in the money now because Intel also went up today, and that's great for us because I'm going to walk away with potentially $84 or however much I sold the cover call at in the event that this gets assigned, and that's really good return for my 5K portfolio. And uh, yeah, I closed again all my put credit spreads for a gain uh, today, uh, just before market close. It's 12.15 p.m. right now. The market closed at 1 o'clock p.m. during my time, Pacific time. So I'm not going to open anymore. I'm going to start fresh on Monday. Um, and uh, my account is now at $6,848.69. Um, my all-time high is sixty. Six thousand eight hundred seventy-three dollars. So I'm about like twenty dollars away from all-time high, and from me taking a like about like a two hundred dollar loss this week, this outcome is probably the best I could ever ask for. I don't want more than what I got today. I feel like this is just enough for me. Very happy with it. I'm very excited to start uh, trading uh, put credit spreads next week. If we open red on Monday, that would be even crazier. I would love that because it would show that, like, hey, me taking profits today on my put credit, uh, put credit spreads would pay off huge because I would then be more flexible, be able to sort of go in at a slower pace. Maybe this is the reversal that a few people are calling for. Um, but then, you know, if market is green, who knows? Maybe I will regret a little bit of closing my put credit spreads. That I have such a good lead on, but I thought, you know what? Today seemed like a pretty lucky day for me, um, having already taken a two hundred dollar loss this week on the five k account, and then recouping most of that back minus twenty bucks. I think is really really great. And just quickly talking about my main account, my main account. The profit loss year to date is $37,263 and something cents. It's going up and down right now as I am speaking because the market is still open. My main winners for this week include NVIDIA, AMD, um, SMCI, CrowdStrike, and Palo Alto uh, Networks. It's been working, you know, what I've been doing on my main account. So I haven't really changed much. Um, year to date, and we're talking like every single stock that I've ever traded. I've only traded one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. I've only traded nine tickers, none of them being ETFs. I've only traded Nvidia and SMCI, AMD, Costco, Palato Networks, CrowdStrike, Elf, Crocs, and Ulta. I trade companies because I know companies more than I know like the market. I guess like I don't trade Spy, I don't trade QQQ. But I like trading companies that I can relate to or that I can talk about and know what I'm talking about. I feel like when you start trading SPY and QQQ, you really leave it up to just probability, but price action is also there. It feels like I'm really not buying into anything. I kind of like the emotional side of like, hey, if I buy you know 10 shares of costco that i'm like investing into something that i enjoy or that i use rather i don't really enjoy going to costco because it's so, so busy all the time but i do like the cost savings that come with costco and therefore i'm a customer so when i buy stocks of costco 
and Costco might go down, it doesn't feel bad when I buy more Costco. If I buy, say, for example, Spy and the market goes down, oh, you know, the market just seems like it's going down and it doesn't feel good to buy more because there's no emotional tie to that for me, at least, in buying more Spy. So for me, in my individualized brokerage account, I like to buy companies or specific companies of companies I use, companies I know, or companies I enjoy. Something cool that you know I'm also realizing is in the YouTube video that I released a few weeks ago, um, my profit loss year to date for my main account was like 27k, and now that I'm at 37k for the main account, that's like a 10k gain that I've gotten um, on the account since then. And I bet you that helps a lot with anyone that's coming in with any sort of skepticism. Maybe they might have thought. A, this person took a video of themselves when they were at the top, or maybe this person got getting really lucky. And I think it just adds a lot of oomph to when they come check out the stream and they say like, oh, wow, this person's actually continuing to trade. I see their VODs, they're trading every day. And yeah, their account was at 27, not just too long ago. Um, so that's been, I think, helping a lot with the Twitch numbers too. As you know, I'm seeing like very regularly we're in the mid to high 30s uh, right now for the Twitch stream. So that feels really cool. So if you're one of the regular Twitch stream or not Twitch streamers, rather Twitch chatters, like thank you for showing up. It means a lot to me. Um, and I think we have a lot more room to grow, to be honest. 30 is not a whole lot of people. I do enjoy the small community, but... Um, I think a lot of people can benefit from having this sort of trading community. So as more people come in, I hope that we can continue the positive environment that we have right now. It's really cool that everyone's sharing about their losses, about their gains for the week. You see me, you know, messing up live on Twitch, live on the stream of me and my Macy's cash secure put that didn't go so well. Um, but yeah. I'm still learning. The chat is still learning. We're all learning together, and it's a cool environment. Again, that's twitch.tv slash realthetagang if you'd like to stop by and say hi. Okay, so today's episode is highlighting a post from our Theta Gang. I don't know how many more of these I'll do about on our Theta Gang. Maybe I go for a few more. Maybe I pick and choose from our options or our Wall Street bets. But this one, I thought I had a lot to relate um, with this user and their sort of trading journey. Um, this person uh, does a, I guess, weekly, monthly update of just like what they want to experiment with, uh, whether it be put credit spreads or call credit spreads um, and maybe iron condors sprinkled in. Um, they go in with a goal, I think, of making 0.75% per week. Um, and then they have a year to date um, from when they started. And this is, I guess, an experiment that's been going on since January this year, if we're doing year to date stuff. And they are down 9.97%. Uh, while SPY, again, I think I mentioned it earlier, but just double checking, SPY is up gonna see ytd spy is up 8.5 percent like first and foremost i think it takes a lot of courage and a lot of guts to be able to not only post about your trading journey but uh posting 
uh, a trading journey that is not quite working, you know, at least the way that you would want it to. Uh, ideally, when you do, when you commit yourself to like a trading journey, you want some sort of positive benefit from it, whether it be the lessons that you learn and or your account going up. And in, in this case, it essentially went the exact opposite direction of where the rest of the market went. And uh, from my point of view, that is not a working strategy. But that's kind of obvious. I think that's it's very obvious to you. It's very obvious to me. I'm sure it's very obvious to the person that's running this experiment as well. Um, you know, something that I would check in with is just like how much more do you need to lose to sort of write off that this strategy is not working. Um, from what I can tell from what they've summarized in their closed positions, they have a lot of call credit spreads that lost, you know, we're talking like minus 308%, minus 143%. They're losing on average maybe like 100 to $200 uh, per trade if I were to like aggregate these and get an average. But um, all of them that they've lost on, um, call credit spreads call credit spreads are bets that you think that the market will trade flat or uh, slightly up or go down and spy has really just done the only outcome where these lose and go only up uh, they do a lot of call credit spreads on spx xlv xbi qqq um, they don't do call credit spreads on specific companies rather they want to keep it more emotionally neutral and just like trade like these etfs that might be just more macro focus you know you don't really care about how one specific company performs rather you rather trade on your biases of where you think the economy might go and i can see some validity in that with this type of approach too and uh i'll be the first one to say it you know it's very easy to pick on someone when not only are they being transparent and showing you know where they win and where they lose but it's extra easy to pick on someone that shows that they're only losing you know so i hope that you know if they get a chance to listen to this podcast um that they know that i'm coming from like the i'm trying to come from like the absolute most neutral place that I can come from and really even from more of a positive vibe like I want this person to continue to be as transparent as they want to be you know don't do it because you feel like you have to you're definitely doing it because you want to and that's really commendable but minus 10% year to date with three months in is not good especially if the market has gone up so you know, while I can just say this is not working and just leave it there, some questions that I would be really interested in asking uh, would be, you know, when do you plan on stopping? You know, when do you plan on uh, sort of exiting this experiment and maybe flipping sides? Because from what I can tell, again, they showed 11 closed positions, all being losses, um, and they opened five new positions with the same essential thesis call credit spreads on it's qqq iwm they even bought a long call on vix this is a very directionally biased uh experiment and if we want to hide behind the guise or the the sort of um veil of calling this an experiment to justify this i think that's okay um, but when does it sort of end, you know, when, when do we call this an experiment 
a failure or maybe we call this experiment a learned lesson and we move forward. They do mention uh, in the post, you know, because they give a, uh, a description near the bottom of what they would do differently. And I, I want to relay that in the in this podcast episode today. Um, they mentioned that despite the irrationality of the market, uh, they feel good about the changes uh, that they're making to the strategy and this experimental portfolio. Um, they also mentioned it's actually really good that they've been able to test this extreme right? The extreme being SPY going up 8% this quickly is pretty extreme, I would agree. And they want to be able to test another extreme in the opposite direction before they would feel comfortable scaling up this portfolio with more money. And this is where, you know, my uncertainty comes from. And that's, this person seems to be going against the trend uh, you're being very bearish. You're doing, selling all of these call credit spreads, uh, and then you're going long on VIX. You know when the spy is just really going up, and you're making these very contrarian plays, which is okay to do because again, this is an experiment. Totally get that, but there's no actual reasoning in any of your description about you know when you would stop. It just sounds like. You're going to do this until the other extreme happens. Now, what if the other extreme doesn't happen? Then this just seems like you might be on tilt. Okay, so, you know, it goes into this fallacy where, hey, the market is irrational. And you mentioned that, right? Like this person mentions that despite the irrationality of the market, dot, 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 the market is irrational. And you're trying to put a lot of reasoned bias in your trading. You have a lot of call credit spreads and a long call on VIX. You are definitely trying to call some sort of top. And if you're not willing to end this experiment without testing the other extreme, there is a strong, strong probable chance that this can end up in a much larger loss than you predicted. I think it's also fair to mention that this person seems to be very crypto focused, you know, that they uh, have a long position in Bitcoin uh, that they mentioned is the entire point of the strategy was that the long Bitcoin position slash crypto position would offset the losses of the short positions. Um, and then they mentioned that it has gone, done quite well. So, I mean, good for them. I mean, if that was really the intention of their plan, then I would say that the plan could also be working, right? If your Bitcoin position is up so much that your all of your losses, though sort of your summary here of only losses, could be justified. Maybe this is just like a really large experimental hedge against your long position. But as a independent strategy, this does not look like it's working. I think that's uh, that's also a fair statement. So it. It depends. And this is why um, doing trading journaling or communicating your trading style, communication in general, is so hard because your intentions are probably great. They're probably amazing. They're probably good. But when people come in and they have to do the other half of the work and understand what you're trying to say and trying to parse maybe some of the reasonings or the ethos of what you're trying to communicate, you know, if you're coming in and saying, hey, I have this performance of 
all these losses but you know at the very end of it you kind of justify it with saying that you have a long bitcoin position that you're this the, which is the main focus then it kind of detracts from the entire idea of this 0.75% per week uh this is in my eyes and my sort of communication style of like how i'm interpreting what you're saying is this is just a hedge you know you have a bitcoin position that you're long on that's doing year to date uh pretty well uh and you mentioned the whole point of the strategy was that the long position would offset the losses of the short positions it's just a very weirdly worded uh summary it's not wrong um your intentions are your intentions but for you to title it, you know, 0.75% per week and then go and say that your main strategy was Bitcoin going up on the R Theta Gang subreddit, there's just a whole lot of ambiguity everywhere. Like, where, are you winning? Are you losing? Are you happy with your gains? Are you not happy with your gains? Are you, like, when does it, or when do you plan to stop? It's, there's like a whole bunch of stuff. And um, this is just, you know, just a reminder for everyone listening, communication is so hard. It is one of the hardest skills you will ever learn in your life. And I'm working on it all the time. YouTube videos, Twitter posts, or, uh, you know, in the Discord, communicating my thoughts, communicating, you know, things that I don't agree with. You know, it's all a skill. And in terms of this post, I think what could help, you know, garner more positive feedback because you know as i'm reading it and looking at the comments the comments aren't the nicest comments in the world i mean there's there are some nice comments but there's also a good mix of like skepticism and stuff and rightly so i think because being skeptical when someone's kind of justifying it at the very end that it's a hedge against bitcoin it, it could have been presented just a little bit better for example um, when you're talking about like this sort of trading style of you know you opening a whole bunch of credit call credit spreads um, to help offset any losses on your main Bitcoin position, you know instead of having a title called 0.75 percent per week, have the title be hedging Bitcoin with call credit spreads. That's like so much more descriptive. It'll let people know what you're doing. And hey, if it shows that you're losing on all these call credit spreads, then people are like, yeah, I mean, that that's great. I mean, you tried to do Theta Gang strategies um, on uh, maybe like a crypto position. That's a unique take. I think that's pretty awesome. But if you tr sort of present this in a way where, hey, I'm looking to make 0.75% per week on this. And then you show only immediate losses. And it's not until the very end of the post that you mentioned that, hey, you know, in fact, this strategy is, you know, something that I'm happy with because my Bitcoin position has done quite well. And it just catches the user off guard. They're going to be, they're going to start skeptical rather than looking at it from a place of optimism. They don't know exactly what the goals are. Uh, they just know that, you know, you sort of justified these losses uh, because you're long Bitcoin position. So for anyone else that wants to be transparent and talk about their trading journey of what they've learned and, you know, what they're striving towards, it might be a good idea to communicate that goal excessively and set expectations early, you know, whether it be the title of your post before people click into it or whether it's on the very top of the post before, you know, users commit to reading the entire thing 
keeping your goals communicated can help people align with your idea before they make any sort of stance. If people feel like they can relate to you, they will be much more, I guess, like kinder or much more nice in the comments or the feedback that you'll get. Um, if you go in with a more scientific approach but don't ex- set expectations well, meaning like you don't communicate your goals well um, or you don't say the reasoning quite early enough, people are going to be reading the rest of your post with a lot of skepticism. And that skepticism grows as they read it. And it's not only till the very end you mention your goal and then now they just meet uh, your goal with skepticism. So I hope that made sense. And this is just like, a, yeah, more or less just insight into how I think about when I'm communicating um, on my posts now these days. And granted, I didn't think about any of this stuff back in 2019 when I first started. When I first started talking about my strategy and what I was doing, you know, I could have very much communicated in a style like this. It's been a while since I've listened to anything that I've recorded in 2019. But, you know, that started in my bedroom with a gaming headset. Um, and that was it. I was just talking to a microphone. These days, I'm morch or morch, <laughs> just much more cognizant of like you know how I'm communicating, what I'm communicating about, and how I say it. Um, it's it's very very hard to do. Communication is very difficult, whether if it's on a podcast, on a website, on the internet. Or, I mean, your partner or your friends or your parents. It's super difficult. We can all work on it. I'm working on it right now. And, uh, yeah, I'll go ahead and see everybody next week. And I hope that this actually just inspires people to just trade or rather share about their trading journey even more, not not rather make them scared um, because people are interested in trading journeys especially if you don't have a good start you're more relatable if you have losses and i think that's what gets a lot of people mixed up when they consider you know starting to document their trades or log their trades they get really caught up with just making sure that they only upload their winners or they backfill all of their successful trades People don't care about like your past success. They want to see you sort of struggle and make out of it like a hero. You know, the hero arc. You want to have some sort of struggle. You learn from the struggle and you succeed. People don't necessarily care about the 1% that was born into being a millionaire and succeeded in that way. That, that's actually like probably one of the things that the internet hates the most is like someone that's born into success and continues to be successful. So relate that to tr- your trading be proud of the losses that you incur, and people will pick up on that too. And they'll know that you're learning. They'll side with you. They'll give you advice. They'll also ask you for advice because they know that they have someone that is real, that is losing, that they can relate to and ask for real-world sort of feedback and help. So don't let it deter you. Communication is hard. Trading is hard. But that's what makes it so fun. I'll see everyone later. This podcast, the website, and stream are all made possible because of my patrons at patreon.com slash thetagang. Signing up helps keep the services up and alive as well as pay my own personal bills. I do the podcast, website, and stream full-time and is my primary source of income. I feel grateful to be able to do this full-time and my focus on providing the best service possible for free. The podcast, 
website, and stream are all free, and it'll stay that way. Signing up for Patreon gives you a few perks, so check it out again at patreon.com slash thetagang if you're interested in helping support. Okay, and could give a special shout out to the patrons that help keep food on the table and help pay my rent and help keep the services alive and just really just keep this honestly going. I can't I can't stress just how much this is actually impacting my life. So thank you to all the patrons. Thank you to uh, Young Rich, Whiteen, Vegeta Plank, Upstream Puddle, Tyler LM97, uh, Turbo Ricky, Troop947. Travella, Theta Collector, The Jester, Teco Me Elmo, Symmetrix, Statistically Random, Slow Motion, Rustier, R.S. Schmitty, Roosterd, Ensis88, uh, Devman, Nala, Mr. Integrity, Mods, Memememem, McFly, Maltman1856, Major, Maestro XC, Louis BG, LPL, Los Pepes, Lord Skeletor, Lloydo, Le Boomer, KJ Martin, King Swift 6, Kevlar22, Kaput, K21, Butler, J Perkins86, uh, Husk, P, Grandpa 95, Garrix, Fancy Wolf, Espresso Bean, EDC, Desserts, Denoom 9000, Danghai, uh, Cube Suki, Can't Make Money, IRL, Bearded Savage, Banadushi, uh, Bachata Thug, Aurelian, Arfman, Andy V, A Lot of Lift, and Alexander Kerm. Wow, that list is getting longer and longer to say, and that's a very good problem to have for me, I guess. Um, you know, as the Patreon seats do fill up, and do get sold out i'll like randomly open a seat at like i don't know 10 p.m my time maybe like an hour or two before i go to bed and i'll wake up the next morning and someone like sniped the seat it'll be gone by the time i wake up uh, and i have to onboard someone and it's one of the coolest feelings ever that people are kind of like just like waiting to get a seat to open so i'm just thankful for everyone that's signed up recently also thankful for the ones that have been signed up for a long time and making all this possible um, in terms of, I guess, just like personal stuff going on, um, really my life is still as about as good as it, I think will ever get. I don't imagine my life getting much better. Not saying that's downhill. I just hope that it stays at this high for as long as possible. Um, because I feel really good. Um, I feel like my relationship with my fiance is getting better. Not to say it was ever bad, but it's just... Everything is on the up and up, and I think a lot of that has to do with my perspective as well, but I'd say it does feel really good waking up in the morning still, working on my own thing. Some of the fear of you know breaking even is subsiding. I think a lot of the initial shock was just me getting laid off and not getting paid that amount you know every two weeks um, for you know working that nine to five, but I'm starting to come to terms with um, you know my new lifestyle that I have to live, right? I can't eat McDonald's because it costs like an arm and a leg now. I can't eat that every night. But in which has made me lose weight despite, you know, me being already kind of fit. You know, I do jujitsu uh four to five times a week. Um and that's that's been pretty good. It's easier to cut weight more than ever now because I'm so much closer to the set weight that I should be for the for the comp. But yeah, I'd say that most of the anxiousness from losing my nine to five job is um is gone uh i'm just more replaced the anxiousness with excitement now as cliche and copium as it could sound i i think it's true i wake up and um 
especially with the momentum that Patreon has been getting, and I'm sure that's been helping because of the YouTube video and my Reddit AMA. It's just like the work that I put in for the four and a half years kind of being silent in the background, um, now showing face with the results that I've been getting and the live performance that I've been um, showing with the uh, Twitch stream is really really strong the 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 momentum that i have right now is really good so i'm just being mindful of what i can do with the momentum and where i should be spending my time and uh yeah a lot of that has just been uh you know considering like oh should i make the podcast a monthly thing but no i think if i do the right format it could be uh, still continue to be a weekly thing and i think people enjoy it I, i get a lot of feedback from you know, one of the questions I ask uh, for when people sign up on Patreon, you get emailed something that says like, you know, what's your Theta Gang username so I can give you the perks and what's your um, uh, sort of uh, email and what also, how did you find me? And lately, I've seen a lot of people that are joining uh, primarily from the podcast, you know. Uh, so that's been really cool just to um, hear from that because I never had that question for like the last three years that I've had Patreon. I just recently added that question like a few months ago, and I should have a- asked that f- this entire time. Um, but yeah, it's cool to know that people are joining from the podcast, and um, it's nice when someone random doesn't quite get the seat, but someone rather that listens to the podcast or watches Twitch or uh, use the website, gets a seat. So it's been fun. Today's also a nice day. Today, the market was green. Today's stream was awesome. There were a good amount of people there. Uh, the vibes were really good. I mean, I can't ask for much more than what I have right now. Just continue to be grateful. Um, just understanding like that I'm a pretty lucky person at the end of the day um, that just knows you know, to sometimes do things with the luck. I, I've realized I've also been very lucky in the past before that I haven't done much with the luck that I've gotten in the past. But this is one of the rare occasions where I consider myself really lucky and I'm able to execute with the luck. So just remembering to be grateful. That's it. Um, I'll see everyone next week on Monday when this podcast releases and or when I stream live on Twitch at twitch.tv slash realthetagang at 9 a.m. Pacific time. Come in, come by, and say good morning. Bye.